Paul, Paul, can we talk about how like how cool your how cool your haircut is now? <laughs> that when I got to see when I got to see you in person last week, which was a very big deal. Mm-hmm. God, that was amazing. Oh yeah, got to see you and the, and the lady Jen. And we got to watch a wonderful movie. Oh yeah! Shout out to Mr. Vampire. Mr. Great movies, Hong, Hong Kong horror comedy, horror comedy action. Like it definitely. Like I think the we watched it dubbed, and I think the dub added a level of unintentional humor to uh-huh. it. That but there was still so much intentional humor that it was like this weird meandering back and forth between intentional and unintentional humor. It was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. To explain, like there'd be times where a character on screen is probably in the actual line crying and apologizing but the dub is just it's okay i'm over it yeah <laughs> yeah some stuff i don't uh, think they bothered to translate that doesn't feel like that's the direct translation but no. i can be honest so, like i'm watching you know this this thrilling uh movie of like hopping vampires mm-hmm. and oh love a hopping vampire yep. like Kevin, the magic system in this thing was really fucking cool. There was like a... Combo moves the, between the main characters. Oh, there's some anime combo moves in Mr. Vampire. Also like... like The character whatever. ready to magic missile, which Chad said out loud. He ready to magic missile! <laughs> <laughs> he had like three charges of it. He fired three times. Damn. Um, you can't dodge that. That's nope. just damage. You don't nope. even roll. <laughs> <laughs> but the entire time, by the corner of my eye, I'm like... Paul God looks like it. a goddamn wandering Ronin right now. God damn it! I knew you were gonna make it back to my hair. I thought we had avoided it. Shit! No, it's re- it's really fucking cool, Paul. It's long. Paul is disgraced and masterless. Yes, and beautiful. <laughs> and I just spent my time wandering for the past two weeks. I went to Denver. I went to L.A. No, no work to be had. You were outside. You were outside <laughs> the In and Out in Burbank, just with a wooden samurai sword, just like, will someone? Will someone hire me to to work to kill for them? I will. I will kill for animal style. Any ooh, ooh, that's a uh, cooked in mustard, right? Uh, I think animal style is like it's got like the, just their sauce on. I think it's just their sauce. Ooh. Wait, I should know this. I never get it. I, I think like in animal. diner lingo, animal style means you cook the cook, mustard. You cook the thing in the mustard, so it gets Ooh. like a crust. No, it's it's mustard fried into each patty. Into each patty. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it is yeah. that. Okay. Plus pickles, chopped gold onions, and extra helping of In-N-Out's famous sauce. Okay, so I, wow, I didn't know that it was mustard. I thought it was always just that sauce. I didn't know the sauce was default, and then the animal style was adding more sauce. That's that's incredible. Yeah, they really just they really just get it real sloppy. Well, okay, maybe, I mean, if it didn't taste that mustardy, maybe they used the special sauce. Because I know there's a uh, grilled cheese technique where you spread mayo on the outside of the bread. And oh, yeah. That makes a nice crust. Ooh, oh, that yes. Because think about it. It's just egg. It's just yeah. egg. It's just egg and fat. More fat. <laughs> it's it's just scramby eggy stuff. It's just some real scramby eggs. It's fine scrambled egg. <laughs> the most finely scrambled egg you can get. Uh, that's cool. What else, what else did you eat? I love I love hearing food food travel. Well, yeah, so tell us more about what you so ate. At, at Chad's, we had some we had some vegan quesadillas. They were delicious. Oh. And what what else? Good. We had uh some Jen and I brought over some uh cinnamon rolls. Oh my god, those vegan cinnamon rolls were fucking fantastic. Yeah. Classy that's thing for y'all to come visit, and then you brought food with you. As oh my, you you knew a vegan place that we didn't know about, and you're just visiting town. 
I mean, we looked it up. I mean, it was that was the only thing. It's like we were rolling the dice. We were like, oh, hopefully this is good. You know, like we like we don't know. We're just and it's like a vegan place. So there's less choices. And we were just like, this seems like a good one. We're going to go for it. It was like an anime when you hang out and you have to bring a cake and like you show up with a cake and suddenly it's like a little tea time (laughs) party for everybody. Yes, it was. Yes, we had our little it was great. We had our little time. We did that like after watching uh, Mr. Vampire uh, and just hung out and just like gorged ourselves on oh, it was great we eat there were like three different kinds and we split them up in four ways so that we got each got to have a little bit of everything it was great i'm interested in this vegan quesadilla as well because fake fake cheese is getting awesome dude fake cheese fake cheese is killing it i couldn't tell you there was like a creamy cheese in there and i was like this is like real cheese i don't know what this is but it's like real cheese i would i'll i'll throw it down right now uh, non-dairy milk has far surpassed regular. Milk. Oh yes, I mm-hmm. I have forsook regular milk ages ago. <laughs> I'm still clinging to the old ways. I still have a little coffee milk every day, uh-huh. but but that's just the uh, I guess the 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 time I spend in proximity to Rhode Island put coffee milk onto my soul. Uh huh. I didn't even. I, you've talked about coffee milk before. That's your that's your replacement for yeah, yeah full flesh coffee. I don't do caffeine anymore. Because it makes my brain crazy and mm-hmm. think about the universe too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I trick my brain into a more calm state of awakeness with, with subtle additions of coffee milk into my diet. I would try it with a little bit, a little touch mm-hmm. of uh, maybe some oat milk. Try that. Yeah, I think oat milk would be a great improvement but the other day my friend made me uh an americano a decaf americano like from scratch mm-hmm. like tamp he did the tamp down with oh, the yeah. espresso oh, yeah. and everything yep yep it was so bitter and so delicious and it was the greatest thing i've ever had i might have to buy an espresso maker just to make decaf espresso give me that bitter juice <laughs> i'm sorry i still don't think i understand what coffee milk is i'm trying to like <laughs> are you Go- googling it searching yeah, Go- yeah you know how you make chocolate milk like, actually, not not just putting like Nesquik in milk. Like, yeah, well, yeah. So like, sure. I guess like like there's Hershey's chocolate syrup, and you make chocolate milk that way. There's also coffee flavored syrup, which is sort of a New England, I think, regional sort of thing. But you might be able to get it huh. uh, in 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 other parts of America. What's what's one <laughs> place this upon ice cream, perhaps? Oh, it's bomb on ice cream. You can make oh. it yourself. It's just like cold brew and a lot of sugar boiled into simple syrup. Like it's well, ice to make it. it. According to the internet, it says it is the official state drink in Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. And I went to school just above Rhode Island. Uh, I went to college there. Uh, it's also so. weird that states announce their official drink. Just feels like kind of picking favorites. <laughs> Taking just laying claim upon a drink, like yeah, I don't know. My our favorite sandwiches are BLTs, and it's like okay, all right, a lot of information here. <laughs> it's it's awfully white to claim something. Uh, and, and I gotta say, we had, we had a real white running moment yesterday where we were uh, getting lunch, and there were only a couple forks left in the fork dispenser at the place oh, we boy. were eating at. Uh, I'm not gonna give a free advertisement to the place we were eating at, and. Jen and I were in line, and a person came in to get their food afterwards and fucking spotted that there were, like, no forks left and went and grabbed forks before buying their food so that they could so that they could have the forks and leave us forkless. What? 
laid plain like to a the, like what a kind of move fork? is that it was a spite fork and all i mean all the i had to do was go to the person walking behind the guy and I'm like can i get a fork just one extra little step but <laughs> but that felt like claiming a drink to me that's that, that's line cutting right there that that's is line that cutting is. and he even yeah. the person who came in uh, to take it even got got like chided because they the person was like can i help you and he was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and he just like ran and did this absolute Spite forked, got spite forked. Just saying, just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. As he just shoveled all the as forks, as he into grabbed your all shirt. the forks, spite forked. Hashtag spite forked. This is why we can't have nice things like society. People keep grabbing all the <laughs> people forks. spite fork. Oh, the fact that we can't handle that. The fact that Rick and Morty's Szechuan sauce almost killed a couple cities. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about we, the the Szechuan nightmare. Like watching people just hop over a McDonald's counter like it's a riot, yelling rub, "Wubba Lubba Dub Dub" is like we are not prepared. We are no, real, no. I was very crisis. nervous when quarantine began because I was mm-hmm. like, "We're not going to be able to handle that," and we almost did it. <laughs> we almost <laughs> we did. God, I'm so glad we're still in the pandemic, but at least like people aren't just fucking hoarding toilet paper randomly again. Yes. Jesus yes. Christ! Yeah, that was some shit. I, I was gonna say before <laughs> before Chad said we're still in the pandemic. I was gonna say mission accomplished. We're through the pandemic. We're, it's done. Stop saying there's gonna be more. I don't think they know about second pandemic. <laughs> 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 Y'all don't know about the lockdowns coming back in a big new way. Guys, 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 we do need to stop talking about my hair, my beautiful hair. And I think we need, I need to hear real quick. So we're talking about Fear Street today. And yeah, welcome Fear to Goosebuds. This is a show by my friends and me where we talk about a scary thing. That's Kevin who's talking. I'm Paul. And I'm Chad. And I'm the, I'm the old one. I don't know <laughs> it's not even true. Though, so Chad, you're, you're cool but rude. And the party dude. Cool. Crude Chad. (laughs) We usually cover old books from the 90s written by R.L. Stein. But R.L.'s having a real uh, silver screen renaissance. He's he's making making a big play. He's making a big push right now. Yeah. Bolstered by our podcast, R.L. Stein has Uh had a big moment. (laughs) We're not really getting a lot of credit for... I I mean, R.L. is really just... Over the entire film industry, he's just straddling and taking a big, mighty push. Just Mm -hmm. right... Yeah, well, with the momentum of of us pushing his works back into the zeitgeist the cultural zeitgeist uh, he is he's really taking advantage of it dude we are on the pulse of the zeitgeist we are on the bleeding edge of this ghost truly of culture truly well, this might turn out also really well too because truly i mean we're going to talk about this third movie in the series yeah this is there's even set up for more stories. Yes, it history. is. Yes, it is. But I think now, you know, like I see those types of things and I feel like it's been, what, 10 years since the full throttle MCU began. It's like 20 years now. So 20 years? <laughs> no, you're probably wrong. It just feels it's been like two decades. It, it's, been a, it's been a while. But I feel like that now has primed me for everything. At this point, everything has a little teaser at the end now right like it's just good yeah, bu- yeah, it's yeah. simply good business to it's to put just something smart to do. it's just yeah. smart business to leave a little opening at the end of your thing i actually thought they did it in a way that was mostly tasteful and not mm-hmm. overindulgent it was very yeah. very simple it seemed almost added after the fact which i kind of appreciated as well yeah it yes but paul uh last time what happened were, to you- me i don't know what i 
I don't know what happened to me for the last. Oh, what's in the what in the lore? I think we said you were traveling like Uncle Uncle Matt from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Oh, that's it. yeah. Oh, fun! I had a little like journal situation going on. Yeah, like with my dog, my fun dog, and everything. Yeah, you had a fun dog. It was really cool. Good. Cool. What was his name? Quick Strike. Quick Strike. <laughs> Quick Strike. Yeah. My dog. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. So I was cool somewhere dangerous right? where I, if I brought Quick Strike with me. Yeah. Right, but the name itself was enough to scare off anyone who'd mess with you. Like, like, don't mess yeah. with Uncle Paul. He's got Quick Strike the dog with him. He strides along with Quick Strike. <laughs> so that's what you were doing. Uh, but Chad cool. and I were talking about Fear Street 1978. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. So we didn't get to talk about it. I, so I didn't listen to the episode. Uh, that's fine. That's, I did that's watch... fair. Most people don't. Well, I. Well, yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I did watch the movie and I wanted to I wanted to hear from you guys what had it work for you? How did 78 work for you too? We basically were in agreement that it was just kind of nihilist and uh cruel and not very fun. <laughs> yeah, I think also Kevin to be fair, I think you came in a little bit more jazzed about it and then I talked you down. I, yeah, yeah, I think that's about the weight of it. Um cuz I, I think I liked how mindless it was until I started thinking about it, uh-huh. which is the old trick. Uh, but we liked the heart. We liked the gross heart in the middle. The gross heart the... was cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I think like the emotional core. I was like, did we like the emotional heart of the story? Oh, no. yeah. No, the big Silent Hill heart. Yeah. 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 We like we liked the big gross organ. Um, did we say there was like a riot bus moment or something? Um... Maybe. Maybe we said the entire thing is a riot bus. <laughs> Maybe it was yeah. Like that. Oh yeah, that's right. No, ki- there are no adults anywhere. So. No adults. Riot camp, and they they do incite a riot in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, when they decide to have the the camp free for all. Mm. I guess it's not a yeah, free for all. It is the it, very loosely defined color war. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I was like, all right, we're doing a capture the flag, but like, I don't see much. I I guess there was a capture the flag go- game going on. We saw the prisons. Dude. We saw the prisons. That's about it. Well, you had the same thing I was feeling. I was like, I just need to see the object. I need to see the goal yes, one me, time. Show me the goal a couple times. I'm fine seeing just the prisons. <laughs> just show me the child prisons. The child prisons are the most engaging part, obviously. But I do. I would like to see the goal at least once. <laughs> yeah, I'm with. Uh, uh, yeah, like it, it, that was kind of the riot bus moment, I guess, for that entire one. Yeah. Um. And we we were sad when they killed the the cute little nerd. So the cute little nerd, I don't know. Did either of you watch Pen Fifteen? Nope. <laughs> no. No. He is in Pen Fifteen. He's great in Pen Fifteen. He's alive. Cool. He's alive in Pen Fifteen. If you would like him to still be <laughs> he alive, made it. there is a show where he's alive. <laughs> All right, good. Don't worry. He's not All torn. Right. Good for him. Kids are eviscerated in this movie. Eviscerated. Literally eviscerated. Uh, tr- truly eviscerated and. And still identifiable, apparently. <laughs> There's a point where the where the police officer, Mr. Good, uh, young young Good, Nick Good, uh, mm-hmm. sees the eviscerated bodies of three of the camp kids and is able to quickly identify them by name. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, he really <laughs> put that pe- put the pieces together literally when he went in. Well, there. he reached down and licked all their blood. He's like, I know that oh, is I, that's Cody. I, I've, I've taken, uh-huh. I took my blood assessment when everybody came in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. So the, I liked the big heart. There was mm. an attempt at heart, I think, in it. But here's the thing. Here's where this movie lost me. And I think I said to you guys, there was a specific moment where I like really was like, I, like the movie's fine. Again, I'm yeah. going to say they're fine. There's nothing bad yeah. about any of these movies. They're fine movies. The movie lost me in a moment where I, where I felt like the 
plot beats were being made to happen. I could feel the artifice. Yeah. Mm. And the moment that I felt the artifice, Interesting. the moment that I felt the artifice was, so Ziggy is our main character, who is C. Berman mm-hmm. in the in mm-hmm. the overall story. And what is Ziggy's sister? Cindy Berman? Cindy. 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 Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So Cindy, her sister, uh, is is the good kid, and Ziggy's the bad kid. Um, yeah. And they have a little falling out in the beginning because Ziggy's the bad kid and is tired of the shady side bullshit and and Cindy's on trying to get her to work her way out of it and Ziggy Ziggy's a pessimist and thinks that's not going to happen. So Cindy, the good kid, uh has the boyfriend and Tommy and he go gets possessed and starts killing people and she says she can't kill somebody because she would never be able to handle it. Uh but in her character moment happens and she kills the 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 boyfriend. Um yep. and then Right there, okay. This is where a moment where I'm like, okay, she just killed her her boyfriend. Sure, he's possessed, and there's all this crazy stuff happening, but her reaction isn't like, oh my god, I just killed my boyfriend. He dies, his body falls to the ground. The two sisters fall next to each other, and then they have their what feels like their prescribed reconciliation reconciliation moment, and it like mm. is taking place on the floor next to the dead body of her boyfriend, which yeah. they do not comment upon in any way. She's a, she's over it. And it just, yeah, it just, it just moves on and takes you to the moment of the character moment. And I was just like, maybe like, you know, save that for like a scene later and let them react to the dead body of her boyfriend who was right next to her, who she stabbed, who she was not sure she could stab. Like they just go over that moment and move to the reconciliation of the, of the sisters. And that right there, was where I was like, this feels like a like a script that. I, and again, I think I think uh, Lee Janiak did a good job. At, this is a, I think I looked it up. Uh, this is Lee's second directing thing. I think she mm-hmm. she directed a movie before this called Honeymoon, which I haven't seen. Yeah, with uh, uh, with uh, the girl from Game of Thrones to keep me in to watch. Oh, she's uh, great. Uh, hold on, what's her redhead? Name? Rose, redhead, Rose, Rose Leslie. Rose Leslie, yeah. Yeah. She directs this movie uh, very, very well. She does a good job. She puts it together really well. There's no... I, again, it's not a bad movie. I do feel throughout all of these, and I felt like through 78, I felt the same way, there is some sort of hand guiding this. Uh, yeah. There, yeah. There is a, we cannot screw this up, guys, hand. And mm. there is a someone being like, you need to do these things for this to be successful. You know what I mean? I would go so far to say that this is perhaps the Hobbit trilogy. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. 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 <laughs> the same feeling. A, a a a director that you can tell loves what they're doing, mm-hmm. but is being guided because there's a lot of money behind this and there's a lot riding on this. Also, the being aware of the well. Now we're doing three of the. the all feel like you're aware of the other movies while you're doing, it, which is both a cool thing and a and a and a that's, albatross around its neck. That's like, interesting for sure, Chad. Yeah, like we got to connect this to this other ones. So this thing that maybe doesn't work in this movie is just there to set up the one in the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I said to Jen today upon reflection of all three movies, I said and I who knows if this is an intention. I feel like they intended to make these three movies the whole time. But I felt mm-hmm. like almost this w- could have been obviously like 6 to 8 episodes of a TV show, right? Yeah. And I, I think, think w- about that. I think it would have worked better because there's so many interlocking pieces. You know, in what is not really a complex story, it's sort of complex, but it's not confusing or it's I'm sorry, it's not um mysterious, I don't think. I think look, 
these are these are movies aimed at a, a teenage audience, I guess. Even though they are, I guess I, that's the thing. Uh, the tone is what really, really doesn't do it for me in these. I don't know who th- what this is for. Is it trying to be funny? Is it trying to be serious? Is it trying yeah. to be adult? Is it trying to be teen? Uh- I was going to say, Paul, which tone? Because there are like seven different tones. Exactly. To this. <laughs> exactly. And like each movie changes tones. Um, I felt the first one was like obviously Scream inspired and kind of, kind of really did that, you know, like tongue in cheek, campy, yeah. over the top thing. 78, maybe they were trying to be campy. I didn't sense any camp. Seemed very serious to me the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like the, this, this. That movie feels like so unnecessary once you like see the third one. Yeah, like, it, it it only sets up. It's interesting. A few things I had in the second one were like I thought. We remember Kevin, you and I were both like Nick. Nick Good is is weird. Um, yeah, he's got some Stranger Danger vibes. He's he's hitting on Ziggy when he's a counselor. Yeah, he's yeah. Like rubbing hurting his hands through his hair. Maybe actually made that look smarter in retrospect that he was a creep. But uh, mm-hmm. and otherwise, I was like, well, they didn't really didn't really accomplish anything for us like no yeah like i mean i love the twist in this third movie um yeah i think it's great but the format destroys whatever good that adds now are you saying the twist in that nick good was responsible for everything yeah yeah the good family being responsible for everything i really like that i mean i said that in the first episode that we did you did yeah in 1994 i was like the, the good family are the ones who made the deal with the devil like it was i in my opinion very and i'm not trying to just to speak down to you kevin on the twist i i like i thought that was obvious the whole time personally i i, I didn't think it was surprising uh right. i just like how it sort of like changed my perspective on previous events like, right yeah right it, it, I, I was i don't know that just until like there was something about I think in the very first movie, we're like, yeah, well, clearly the good, and also because it's kind of tied to the Fear Street books, right? The goods, mm-hmm. like, yeah, the goods are clearly the bad dudes here, and that's why Sunnydale's called the Devils, and yes, like, but I think I was expecting still more of a like, oh, we're gonna find out the mayor is the one behind it all, as opposed to Nick maybe is good. Yes, yeah, I I will give them that. That I think 1978 planted slightly a little tiny seed of doubt in me maybe the tiniest little seed that maybe nick had a chance to break good right like maybe but guys i called it 94 i said that nick good was that the good family was behind this thing we were watching 1978 the very i think i said this to jen at the end of the first one but i definitely said it when we started 1978 i said Seraphir did nothing wrong. And I just said that like instantly. I was like, I know, like, I just knew <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that Seraphir did nothing wrong. Um, because you can tell by like the way that the story is set up, like the, the our focus on two female uh, love interest characters. I was like, they're going to play into like, it's like, I think what they're trying to say is like, you know, like maybe one of the things they're trying to say is like, you know, the, like the witch, um, the witch, uh, you know, hunts and stuff like that. Like, obviously, I think the movie Haxon, which was made in 1921, 100 years before this movie came out, uh, did what this movie was trying to do, uh, which is to de- demystify the witch trials um, and wi- and witch hunts. Um, sorry, it came out in 1922. It was, an, it was hun- 99 years before this. Um, <laughs> great movie. Great movie, Haxon, if you haven't seen it. No, um, I have not. No. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic film. 
Um, oh, well, and I wanted to say one more thing that I called, yeah. it, like, beforehand. I, again, a lot of people were, like, I, I was reading people, like, talking about this, and people were talking about, like, oh, these surprises and twists, and I was like, I feel like I was saw everything coming a mile away. I said to mm-hmm. Jen, when we started 1666, I, I was like, this is an hour and 50 minutes. I was like, one hour in, we will be back to 1994. I said that to her. And what do we right. what do we do? We turned on like an hour into the movie, you're back. <laughs> an hour and five you're, minutes, you're back to ninety four. And and that doesn't that kind of destroy the whole three movie like right. thing? Yeah, like, it was more of a shift than I thought it would. I mean, it surprised me. I, no, I definitely thought it was going to be like an hour and a half, sixteen sixty six, full horror movie. Uh, well, the, one you know, hour, go full. One the hour of sixteen sixty six. Yeah, one hour five minutes of sixteen sixty six, and then you're back in ninety four for the. Here's and- the weird part i I hated sixteen sixty six so much. I was so grateful to be out of it. <laughs> like I was, I loved it. I honestly was. I I liked. Uh, I, I liked being in creepy Puritan times. I thought that was really fun. Like it was. Uh, it was cool. It was a cool change, and I think the movie benefited from it, but. I do think that they didn't use it as well as they could have. But and again, I think it was like a tone thing or like an editing thing. I think if if, if it had had the time that 78 had, like if, yeah. yes. if, if it got to be its own movie, I think it would have been the strongest yes. of, of the three. Yes. Like, uh, but man, I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Like what they were doing with like showing the teenagers from 1994 and, 70 whatever for some reason uh uh-huh. yeah hey yeah. Kids, hey kids is kids is just like this these days <laughs> i mean i mean the less the lesson that people are people through like throughout yes. time is is a good one yeah and, totally no and sure it's cool seeing um like puritan times with non-white actors like i just i thought yeah cool no, too. that was cool i also was happy with them just like just owning it the same way of like doesn't matter we're just going to ignore that, like, these people of, of this color probably weren't aboard the settlers of the 1600s, 25. Right, right. In a way that by then saying, well, Dean is not actually a person of color. That, I mean, like, Sarah Fear is still a white girl. They kept doing those cuts, too, where I was like, this is such a minor thing. But makes me wonder if the other kids are also, like, in Avatar bodies, if that made any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Sarah Fear, like, giving Sarah Fear a face was a mistake. Um I think it's much more impactful if you never know her face. You just experience her through Dina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been fine her just being Dina. Like, she just looks like Dina. That would have been fine with me. I, I don't think they trusted the audience enough to let them make that. To make them that, make that leap. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. Right. I will say what brings down uh, the 16, the, yeah, the 1666 parts the most. Is just the uh the the yucky parts like the the cannibal pig and yeah. uh, uh-huh. the hand, and the hand chop like this feels like stuff they're like peppering in either because they've got a checklist of stuff they need to do like they either need nudity or they need to do like some sort of like over the top gore but the gore is never very fun and that's kind of how I like my gore. Like, I like it, like, you know, if you're going to chop off a hand, like, buckets of blood, like, go for it. Yeah, go, but, like, go, like, oh, go <laughs> comics so that it's, like, funny, uh-huh. right? I yeah, thought, like, I thought the hand, the hand part worked for me. That was a level of gore that I thought was shocking and scary in a good way. It reminded me of Green Room 
Uh, mm-hmm. There's a scene in Green Room that's very similar in terms of prosthetics. I don't want to spoil anything for people that I haven't seen in Green Room, but there is a there is a moment like that that uh, maybe I'm ju- maybe it was just the residual trauma of watching the Green Room scene that kind of came back up in there. But sure. I thought that one worked. But I'm with you, Kevin. I think the gore was a little too realistic in some cases, and I think that again it plays into this tone thing. Which, all right, ninety four can't be seventy eight. Yeah. Uh, not that campy. I not think, that campy, despite being in camp. Despite being in camp, not that campy. I was going to yeah. make a camp pun joke, but I, <laughs> but I didn't know. I, you know, Kevin, I knew you had it. Uh, and then, and then, sixteen sixty six. The first hour and five minutes, zero fun. Like zero. Like trying yeah. to be silly. Zero, like because it wasn't fun it, back then. No, I thought it was <laughs> very fun. I thought it was very fun in the beginning. Like you have like the kids like meeting up for like a little. Fun, boogie. fun, not funny, not campy. You know what I mean? Like would, the tone, like yeah. the, the kind of um, the kind of sarcasm that the first one had, like the like the like deadpan lines and stuff like that, and like trying to like make little quippy lines, like none of that because you you kind of can't. Like it just doesn't. Like it would have. I think it would have felt off if they had tried that, and I think that was the limit limit limitation of doing it in that style. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like Thor. It's like Thor, right? Like. The first Thor movie, the first Thor movie, they were like, oh, my God, how the fuck do we be funny here? Oh, no, we can't be funny yeah. in these places. And Thor, too. You know what I mean? Like, but then they finally, yeah, they figured it, it out. They needed a really, a really clever writer director to, yes. like, figure out how to do that, that version. Of right. It. I think it's interesting that you bring that up, because by the time we get to the second half where we're back in 94, it's not a horror movie anymore. It's just a Marvel blockbuster. Yes. Like, superhero team up type thing i i don't think i'm not worried about them at that point right yeah. and they did 70 yeah. I, well okay so i wasn't worried about anyone in 78 because i'm like okay everybody dies except for gillian jacobs uh not it's not gillian jacobs in that one it's uh what's her yeah. name um, ziggy ziggy ziggy, ziggy. ziggy. i'm trying to figure, remember the actress's name oh sadie, sadie sink sadie sink um it's sadie sink and like you're like okay she's the one that lives like i know that that's what happens be- and i know nick good lives because he's alive like that's a problem inherent in like jumping back in time to a point where the characters that we know the the end result for right like you people were writing about like i was reading like just you know like the kind of like reception area on on wikipedia for it and like people are like it's so tense and uh and and suspenseful and i was like i don't know that there was any suspense why would there be suspense you <laughs> I know what didn't i mean feel any, yeah like there's uh-huh. there's no need to feel any suspense because you know the end result of all this stuff the only things you don't know are like the mysteries of like why Sarah Fear did this, which again, if you watch 1994 and you just sort of parse what's going on, you see that Nick Good did it. Like you know, like uh, yeah. Like, can, we, can, we, wait, wait, can we talk about that for a moment? Just the like the the I guess it's a misdirect, but the the first two movies right are building up this kind of like double MacGuffin of you have to get you have to find the body mm-hmm. and then you have to find the, the hand. hand bone right the, ha- yeah, the they hand they kept on the hand the bone. bone you love the hand bone i uh drove me crazy when they just called it the hand bone um <laughs> it's a two-part epoxy to make yeah to, and i'm like to make the plot happen. <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> you just you just connect the model and like <laughs> to the point that like they made the hand bone and maybe this is supposed to be the point but they made the hand bone for example in the second one so important that our three protagonists die well two and two and a half of them die just to try to do this thing that completely fails mm-hmm. and you're like in the grand scheme of things it doesn't actually do anything it didn't even matter like uh the whole poem of seraphir cut off her hand to keep a grip upon upon the land 
wasn't even a thing. It was all Nick Good propaganda. That's and that okay, is both, yes. And yeah, so that is both cool, but also sorry, I just want to say that's both cool, but also then kind of frustrating of like the things that made me like Sarah Fear remotely as a this person has clearly been persecuted, right? But had some revenge stuff. She doesn't actually like get to do any of that in 1666 except for whisper in in Solomon Good's ear. My truth will hunt you. Yes. And like, is that, that is was that, it. Was that implied that the hand cutting, like maybe I missed something here, but was it implied that when she did get her hand chopped off, that she did accrue some powers because of that? Because otherwise, I, I was looking, yeah. Otherwise, she did nothing to gain any sort of pact to have I, any sort of witch like powers, correct? That's my biggest problem with 1666. Well, yes. I, I think it, I think it suggests that her. She almost became like a supernatural being. Like she became like a really like long lived sort of ghost, like a like, wraith. Like she's like yeah, a sure, yeah, she's yeah. like a wraith. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I kind of took it. Where like when she when she like curses uh, Solomon, yeah, like she's making like she's just become a powerful being. Her fury, like, yeah, pa- is yeah. passing down. Sure, and I can I can accept that. That's fine. But yeah. I but I but I thought the same thing that Chad thought. Where I was like. Wait, so if this is all, if she had her hand chopped off by Solomon and then he lied and said that she did this, then she didn't create any pact with the devil and she's not a witch. And in yeah. in doing that, you were robbing that character of a lot of power in a lot of ways, you know? Paul, that is totally where I'm at. I know this is probably like a nitpicky note, but, you know, it, it takes away Sarah Fear's agency. I guess it makes her more of an even tragic character, but like... I was kind of the one thing I was looking forward to seeing in 1666 is there's that point where she where she says she's, she's just going metal, to do it right like yeah she's, she's like, Metal Gear Solid stealthing around the the camp and she's like I'll give them a witch right I'm like that's fucking rad I liked I liked when Simon in 1666 the Simon parallel yeah he was just cleaning he was he was picking up the smallest cleanest pile of animal poop uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there is a shot to him. Yeah, Shuffling, you could tell they're like APA had to go and pick specifically five nuggets of horse poop and put that there. Yep, and then he pretended <laughs> to pick up. I, I mean, I, it's fine. I, I don't need more realistic horse. Poop, no, no, I don't. But it was just a really funny shot to me. Yeah, no, it's good. The tones are all over the place, and again, I don't even really put this. I mean, I guess you got have to put it on the director just because the director was in charge of everything. But I do think there was a lot of people weighing in on stuff, and I feel like that. I'd be curious. Man, I feel like yeah. this is a movie by by committee. It so is, and it, it, it absolutely is. You can sense it, and like you can sense that the movie by committee was being like, we need to hit these beat points because that is that make those are the good like. As someone who attempts to write things, <laughs> as someone who yeah. attempts to make things, right? Someone who has written and made things, right. Paul. I've written and made things uh, to uh, disputable success. Uh, <laughs> I, I, the, be- the best kind of success. The best kind of success. <laughs> uh, so, like, you know, like, admitted, admitting that I make these mistakes as well, you know? And I, 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 I okay, anytime, and this is a big high level. We make this show where we talk about. Uh, Goosebumps books, and you know we can we can poke fun at R.L. Stein, a very rich person who wrote a lot of books very quickly <laughs> and made a lot of money, and we can poke fun at those because R.L. Stein is safely in his, <laughs> his sem- rich person his, his jail. rich person rich person jail in Central Park, New York, right? Like he's he's fine. He's not getting hurt by our words, I don't think. Um, now we're dealing with a director who is younger and mm-hmm. you know 
really breaking into like the the scene and stuff like that. I don't know how old uh, uh, Janiak is, but probably, I guess like thirties. Yeah, yeah. Rel- relatively yeah. newcomer. You know, like the, the age where you start to really have people break into the into the scene um, as directors. And you know, like I like I don't want to pick apart Lee's. We have to pick it apart to a certain degree because we are reviewing it, right? And I'm not a I'm not a critic, but it's hard to it's hard to to pick at somebody like this because. I know how hard it is to make anything. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'm, totally. I'm sure making this was very difficult, especially convincing people to let you make three movies at once, you know? Mm-hmm. Pretty astounding feat. Um, but I do think there were concessions made to get this made. And I think that this is a movie series made for people maybe younger than us. And again, we're talking about this and we were like, I don't know if it's made for people that are younger than us because it, it, it goes out of its way to be gory and sexy, you know? Um, I think it's made for people our age. That's I think the so. weird part. I think so. I, it's so yeah. So yeah, uh, like kids wouldn't know about Fear Street. Like or they, like would they? I don't know. I think the idea is they probably the the people who own this and RL wants it to hit yes. for a younger audience, right? Right. But uh, yeah, there's something about it where it. it it's funny, y'all. I totally agree with you. It feels like there's probably a ton of oversight on it, and I think Leah Janiak did a. I honestly wanted to see honeymoon more after watching these because i thought she's i think she seems to be a pretty solid director even though if, even though there are moments in the show story that where they didn't feel like it was very tense i was like i think that's on the writing not the right directing. yeah the writing but, is what i think is really i think the writing feels again and I, I my long roundabout way to getting to the point of someone who's written stuff i know that there are rules that you kind of hone toward or like not hone you skew towards these rules as sort of like a general guideline when you're writing something you know there are beats, mm-hmm. there are story structure uh, things that you want to try and adhere to because that's what makes stories work, right? Um, but you always want to try and subvert those things and skew those things so that it's not too, you know, by the numbers. And there were just so many moments, and I think that's, I think you're right, Chad. I think it's the, I think it's the writing that really sometimes feels like they were trying to hit the points. And I felt like that very egregious moment in 78 where they, you know, hit the point where they're like, they're making their reconciliation so that Cindy can mm-hmm. die happy, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like so that you can feel the satisfaction of her having changed. Uh, that, that felt very apparent to me there. And I think that's the, the sort of the problem that I ran into with like watching this is like, I can feel those moments. I can feel the director or the the producers sort of making their notes. I feel like it really and 1666 in the beginning wasn't able to do this. I think you guys made jokes about this. There were no music cues for it to be able to rely on, right? It had to rely, oh, nice. It had to rely on the the direction, it had to rely on the score, uh had to rely on the writing. And I think it does a good job of changing the tone in a way that's really interesting but doesn't I, there's a part on the um, overall Fear Street movie trilogy Wikipedia page where Lee, in each part she, she says what movie it was based on. And obviously, yeah. 94, mm-hmm. Scream. 78, uh, Friday the 13th. 13th, And yeah. finally, I thought this is really interesting. 1666, I'm going to say it. It's The Witch. They're going for The Witch. But sure. I thought it was really funny. She actually says uh, The New World, which 
mad respect to throw out a fucking Terrence Malick film as the as the uh, as the movie that you're going to base this on. We, we talked about this last episode, Paul. I, I, had you seen that film? Because I wasn't familiar with I've, it. I've never seen The New World. I heard it's great. Um, but I think it's I, and so I can't I'd have to watch it to be able to see how much it compares to it. But I maybe, you know, the vibe of it fits that. Um, but it I, I mean, I really was picking up a lot of the witch vibes. Um, they're similar, right? Like uh, the New World's Virginia settlement, Jamestown. Uh, mm-hmm. The the witch is uh, New England, um, which I got more of a, a distinctly New Englandish vibe. I felt like, but maybe not. I don't know. Like I, I think I was just I was reading the witch, and I feel like in a um, movie by committee vibe. I feel like they were like, well, the witch was is a really popular horror movie recently. Like we should play off of that. We should uh-huh. we should we should get some of that. I feel like that that's there, but maybe maybe that wasn't the intention. I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm talking a lot about. No, it. no. I'm. I was just thinking about it, Paul. Like it's. It's. I also like. I'm. I'm with you in that. In terms of in my ideal version of this trilogy, and it, I, it's funny. I, I don't think I particularly liked any of these movies, but I've thought about them a lot, mm-hmm. especially because we talked about them. And there's parts of like, well, that's kind of an interesting idea to cross between a movie here and here. Mm-hmm. I I keep picturing a version of these stories, the same beats. You know, everything got to keep and like. It's three seasons of a TV show, like American Horror Story, right. which is a series I don't even like that much. But if you did an American Horror Story where, you know, you got like, say, eight to ten episodes in 1994 mm-hmm. and you got to really like flesh out those characters yep. and have more like t- twists and turns as opposed to just fun with blood tracking. Right. Mm-hmm. Like same with this one. Same with 1666. Like actually live in that a little bit more i would probably that, care about all of them yeah i think but and also it's a bigger time commitment kevin so, i know, I know. you liked 1666 and i'd love to hear more about the things that you did like i think my problem with the 1666 one is we do only spend an hour in there and i think what makes the witch work is it takes time to like kind of marinate and like sit in like these these scenes like there's that scene with the pigs mm-hmm. could be a very scary scene i didn't feel any sort of but I don't even think I felt like any sort of like scare, maybe a little bit when you see the pig is eating those things, but she has to go kill it. Right. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know the way it's like edited is very fast. And I feel like they're, I feel like, I feel like they shot it as so again, someone, as someone who's made something, I feel like they shot this stuff and they had these sequences in their mind that were going to be big and slow and like really build the drama. And they just didn't feel confident in it. And they just cut it quickly with a lot of cuts and made it move and they just moved through it and maybe they had a lot of stuff because they were thinking about maybe making a series out of this or something like that but i felt like the editing was a disservice to 1666 because it was so fast and so rapid fire that it didn't let that period like just feel like this slow scary creeping horror that the witch had you know what i mean how could they? Like they only had an hour. That, like, that's <laughs> yes, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought this was the strongest entry, but maybe about equal with the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd say, um, but nothing really excuses like the tone shift from 1666 to right. back to 1994 at the end. Like the the fact that like we have to go from like killing a cannibalistic mother pig with an axe. To super soakers full of neon blood with realistic <laughs> shotgun sound effect yeah, added to it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as cute as they think it is. <laughs> like no, that shotgun uh, sound effect. I felt 
undercut that moment? There are a lot of bad sound effects in this. Oh my god, can we talk about the one I, I wrote a note for early on in the 1666? Is it, is it gasp.wave? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, I, whatever, Seraphir gets slapped, I think, in front of people. Of like, oh yes, yes. Like ten, it's, like, it's like ten people. There's, but a, they party, the, there's a party yeah, happening. Can you, put it in the, can you put it in the edit, if yeah. possible? Please, Don't try, yeah. please. There's a loud raucous party occurring where people are tripping and one slap happens and the entire party comes to a halt at the slap and gasp and dot waves the, play the most cliche gasp dot way and just i cracked up i was like you guys that's a temporary sound at most like you need to replace that it's it's literally like the first sound you'd probably find if you googled like gasp sound effect mm-hmm. like yes it's it's bad i get like an eclectic style of storytelling is sort of like what they're going for here. It's like, hey, we're a little bit of everything. It ends up feeling like nothing. Exactly. Nothing Nothing clicks, right? Like nothing. And that was my problem with it. And I think I saw someone made this comment as well that like it's afraid to be campy uh, almost. Mm. And like I agree with that. I think that there was a chance to be to go all in on the camp of the first one. And I think that they like kind of did it. But then, like we talked about, like they get so serious at the end of '94 that we kind of were like, mm-hmm. I think that made us all balk a little bit. That the the kills became so gruesome and didn't feel campy. And then '78 doesn't have any of that campiness. It's pretty damn serious the whole time. It's supposed to be like 1666, like I and 1666 like has no camp there, whatsoever. That's kind of that's kind of why I probably didn't enjoy that first part of it. It wasn't necessarily even how it was directed or anything. It was just like. This is just a brutal hour of a girl being gaslit and torn. And I know this is what happens. Right. It happened back then. But wow, it's really miserable to just sit through her just getting caught. And that, like, I think the moment in 1666 of like Sarah Fear has found out the truth about Solomon Good and she's sneaking out of the tunnels and she steps out of the church into the back of the public square and no one is looking at her. Mm-hmm. I guess there's like a half second where she could say like, I'm alive. I know the truth. And then Solomon goes like, I found the witch. And I'm like, I didn't feel emotional, like horror, like, oh no. It's more just like, this is just really brutal and sad. And I don't know. We're just hanging a girl. I don't know. There's weird moments that I, that almost feel like they... <sighs> Again, having made stuff that feel like moments that you wrote this script and you planned a lot of stuff, but you maybe missed a little thread or like a little thing that's very important. And like one of the moments that stood out to me was when they're about to hang Sarah Fear. Uh, It's her and her girlfriend. And Sarah admits she confesses to save her girlfriend's life. And Solomon covers her mouth and like like she's a hostage. And like that didn't raise any. I mean, I guess I look everyone's whipped into like a frenzy. I get it. But like. I'm pretty yeah. sus right there, uh, Solomon, when you're like holding... <laughs> the fact that Sarah Fear, I know this is like a horror thing, but like, why did they go into that room when it was dark? But there's a, such a <laughs> a dumbness of choices of dumbness. Sarah Fear just has to say at any point over those next two hours where she's caught, like, just go into his house. There are tunnels. Right. There is, like, there are things that he cannot cover up. Yes. Just say it. Like, just yell it. I, I'm not as like sensitive to the contrivances. Like, yeah, I think I think it's fine. Like, I get the story has to happen, but when a writer takes care to cover mm-hmm. up those blind spots, it's much appreciated. Yes, even sure. if it's just like a a gentle like sort of gesture. I can believe that the townsfolk are so worked up 
that there's no uh there, there's right. nothing that right. she could say yes. that would change anything. I know, yeah. And I think they show that pretty well. Right. Uh but she could at least try like even if it's just to show hey, mm-hmm. she did everything she could. Like if we're going to if we're making a commentary upon like that time and how yeah. women were completely ignored and disregarded, let her do that and let the crowd shout her down. You know what I mean? Like reinforce yeah, yeah. it maybe a little bit. I and I'm I know what you're saying, Kevin, and I agree with like it's I don't I hate to be like it's a horror movie you should just accept it and go with it cuz I don't think that is fair to an audience that deserves something better than that. Damn. I have been watching a lot of horror movies within this last year because some very very great horror movies have come out in the in my opinion have come out in the past couple of years. Horror has been doing really well. I think it's recovered mm-hmm. from the 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 horror the murder porn period that we were in for a oh, while thank there. God. I think we yeah. I think horror has recovered from that and has become more uh, cerebral and a little bit uh, in my opinion a little bit more uh I don't know just more a little more palatable. And I think we deserve more than that. If you don't want to give me a cerebral horror movie, then please lean into the campiness so that I can just have fun. But I was not able to simply have fun with these movies because of the tonal shifts that made it feel like it wanted to be taken seriously in so many moments. If you want me to take it seriously, then you need to take it seriously the entire time. If you want me to have a fun time, then you need to just go all in on the fun. And I think it didn't go all in on the fun. There's okay. So when you're a teenager, I feel there's a point when you're hanging out with your mom. <laughs> it is way more childish <laughs> to act all grumpy and like you don't want to hang out with your mom uh-huh. than it is to just hang out with your mom. Yep. <laughs> uh, and that's like the true level of maturity is when you don't try so hard to like distance yourself from childish things. Yes. And I feel like again these little gore porn moments that. And, and the and like it's mostly the gore porn moments that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but like these little moments of I want to be taken really seriously, like this is serious, this is going to shock people. People right. are going to mm-hmm. res- people aren't going into a Fear Street thinking I'm going to respect this film <laughs> at all. I'm going to show them something something they'll remember. Mm-hmm. That's childish to me. Like that's right, right. None of the horror ever felt scary to me. Yeah. Like besides that, like besides that, like I we, we all agreed we were shocked by the cake cutter. You know, like that was a little that was a little like scarier bread cutter or whatever the hell it was. Um, yeah, that was a little shocking. I think there were some things in 1978 that were like slightly shocking. Um, I mean, hurt hurt Cindy being axed in the in the chest repeatedly, pretty fucked yeah. up. But also robbed of all of its weight because i'm watching ziggy get stabbed and i'm like okay she's gonna get saved she gets saved she's she's here but it crosses into like cartoony i think you're probably referencing like i'll pick on a director because i think he's a he's a fucking nightmare eli roth for Uh example like you know pioneered this kind of like isn't it gross and you just like scream oh right that that for me does not hit ever as horror i just find that really unpleasant yeah and not good entertainment and there's some of that in the series i i wonder if you all clocked like i think it's at the very end of this one in 1994 part two mm-hmm. where <laughs> nick, nick goods the the big thing that really sets him up for the finisher is that he dina makes him touch the heart yeah and that gives him i guess like uh, it's an interesting way to connect it to because they did in the second one Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just kind of seeing, I guess, like visions of all of the the horrors he subjected. Yep. And it goes to a super cut of just 
all of the kills. Right. It's literally a YouTube like kill count video. <laughs> it's a kill count just video. Like, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like and here's Kate going through and here's Simon getting an axe in his head mm-hmm. and there's a part of me going like i guess maybe all three movies have done this just to set up maybe nick good's horror moment but it also still felt like a youtube kill count video of like is this this crazy do you think i mean the movie was trying to say something right i mean there's obviously i think every movie no matter what it set out sets out to say something and i think the the impression if i had to say like a theme for this is like white male power it has been around since the founding of this country the and has deeply affected the disparities in this country right like shady side is a is a representation of the uh the misrepresented people right like yeah. like and the like people that have been downtrodden by someone who took the power within their hands which i thought you know at first i was kind of annoyed that sarah fear was like i'm going to become a witch she goes to become a witch and she's knocked aside because solomon has already done it and then she's angry at him for doing the thing that she was going to do, you know, like that she was she mm-hmm. was going to do that, but he already did it. Uh, at first, I was kind of frustrated by that, but then I was like, oh, actually, it's kind of interesting because she did it with a sort of a misguided, but uh, she had a purpose. She had been beaten up for too long and was going to to enact her revenge uh, uh, on the people, right? Sarah, Sarah Fear's story is that she will do anything to. Uh, protect the people she loves right. she will uh, she will sacrifice herself mm-hmm. to do it and mm-hmm. uh the good side of of that is i will sacrifice anyone else to get what i want right like like both explore these ideas of like sacrifice uh it's just like there is a noble type of sacrifice and there is a deeply evil and cruel type of sacrifice. Mm-hmm, sure. Right. Like the the good family will say that like you don't know what a burden this is like to have to keep doing this, but it's for the greater good. It's for the good of everyone else. Right. When we know that's not true. Right. No, yeah, and even even Dina in 1666 kind of immediately calls out Solomon on the like it wasn't a simple exchange. He's like, I gave them the the pastor. He's like, the pastor killed thirteen kids. Are you sure? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like that. I, I I've appreciated Dina pointing out because it should be a flawed argument. Also, just quickly, I was like, I don't know what the goods guys. If you're doing a deal with the devil, like, at, think bigger than Solomon Good had somewhat extra pig heads in his basement. Was that what he was? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, right. And like, and there's something about. Uh, well, I believe that this would happen, that uh, a politician would be willing to kill off people just to be mayor of a small town. In, in <laughs> but I was like, I don't know. It seems like you guys are all, you're, you're doing this giant yeah. dynasty's cult and you are you got a big house. I guess that's all you want. Yeah. yeah, the final walk through the house at the end was very weird and felt like, well, we already made this big prop we should probably use it <laughs> right the motivational posters everywhere i couldn't tell was do we just not have enough props for the set designer or do we think that evil people have motivational no it's it's everywhere? 90s they're trying to they're trying to remind you it's the 90s again so they have motivational okay posters and that's the a thing i felt too it's 90s i don't feel like any of these times felt particularly like the times they were set in i felt like no. everything yeah. felt like now, like the sensibilities. And I get you're approaching this from a modern sensibility, but I felt like the only thing that made the 90s parts feel like the 90s were the music cues. Yeah. And the 70s parts feel like the 70s were the cues. And like well, the costuming, sure, like and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It didn't feel like. Well, uh, 
Okay, like let's do a thought experiment. Sure. Like, Ooh. let's let's strip out the gimmick from Fear Street. Okay. And uh, say we can't do time travel. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. <laughs> we, we don't have the budget. Like, let's just honestly, yeah. let's just lower the budget of this movie. Mm-hmm. No, no time travel. No multiple sets of actors. You have your like core four Scooby Gang. Mm-hmm. And you have to set this in current day. So it's 2021 and everything pretty much proceeds as normal. You don't have a mall, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just set it or it's an else. abandoned mall. Or it's point. an abandoned mall. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like you you can still do this whole story, except instead of like in, instead of having a whole two hour segment where you find out that Seraphir's hand isn't on her body or where seraphir's hand is you just go to julian jacobs house and she says oh yeah the hand is over here i was there in 1978 and she does like a monologue or something for like i don't know a minute Uh like that's all you had to do and like now you have okay now you trim out the the 1666 part maybe make that like i don't know a dream ballet or something Uh (laughs) (laughs) so now now that we've stripped those out, we have like the conclusion to Fear Street 99, 1994 and the conclusion that's in 94 of Fear Street 1666. Mm-hmm. You can just take out the bread cutter thing and take out the super soaker fight and just make something that's more conclusive. Like, I think the fact that 1994 needs to feel like a standalone movie mm-hmm. really weakens the overall plot of the story. Like, right. There's so much in this that you can strip out and still have the reveal that it was Sheriff Good all the time. Like, like maybe have Dina, like, f- go and, like, find his basement or something like that. That would still be a cool set piece. Yeah, I mean, like, his basement was connected to the place where they found the heart. So why not just have them stumble into his house after finding I mean, it's him? very... I was thinking about that with, with Get Out, right? When we were talking about earlier also about how, like, it, it'd be better to have a horror movie that, that answers those contrivances. I think of Get Out a lot because it's just a fucking tight script. Mm-hmm. Like... It's one of those ones where you rewatch, and every single thing that every character does has some way is motivated by what they're thinking, and it helps like disavow why there'd be any logic holes, right? right? Like it's just a really tight script. And I think about how to get out. You discover the the way that you are with the 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 main character discovering the underground part of the house, mm-hmm. and oh, there's this whole secret other society under here. It hits because you're discovering it with them. Dina coming out through the mansion in this one is like we already know all this, right? So there's a little bit of bizarreness, but I'm like, yeah, this is their... Yeah, I mean, he's the bad guy. We knew he was the bad... Like, we don't need the the rich house to... I don't need to see the rich house with all his great stuff in it to to know that he used the pact with the devil to become rich. I already saw the end result of that. But, like, imagine that scene in reverse. Like, imagine... Yeah, right. Like, we go to the mayor's house and there are black candles and goats everywhere. And it's like, oh, sure, have a lot of goat-themed stuff. Uh Like, that would be... (laughs) be like kind of funny and good like that would be really really campy Mm -hmm. but like i have to imagine there's a campier draft of this script that netflix said no to Mm -hmm. because they wanted it to be taken seriously they wanted these gore porn moments they wanted like uh it to be three movies and each movie has to be two hours long like this Mm -hmm. could be a killer tight hour and a half movie and you couldn't do this by editing it 
you'd have to do it by completely change. You'd have to do it by taking the money away. This movie has too much money. Mm-hmm. Take it away and mm-hmm. you get a better movie. It's almost, it's almost too, because it has to, that's why I keep thinking about this, this film series. Like I know, and I know we're like, we're now in the, to our listeners, we're like infamously hard on these, on this trilogy, but also expect, expect better movies, everyone. Um, but like, by the way, we're not a movie <laughs> podcast. Like this is a <laughs> books. Podcast. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about books, Nora, but I, <laughs> Uh, there's something about the fact that the structure of this trilogy is requiring us to constantly shift our like analysis and view of it from a, a one a one piece of art to even the same way Paul you're talking about where I kept one took these of like if I just watched 78 mm-hmm. if I just watched that one by itself if you cut the framing device out of it or not would I still enjoy it and it makes it harder for me to do because I'm like I don't think so I don't think I would have just enjoyed it might be better because you slaughter might, camp you, maybe I don't it know it might be better on its own because again it there might actually be some tension there then because you don't know yeah. what's gonna like we know what's gonna maybe happen maybe I would the know same, yeah same thing with the only bit of tension in 1666 in the beginning portion is that you really don't know how Seraphir ultimately ends up like again i knew nick good did it i knew the goods were behind it i knew that they were that like they try to fool you a little bit with that but it's just i I don't know man i just kind of saw it coming the whole time so like there was no tension of like i was like i i know sarah fair didn't do this i know she didn't do it i'm i'm awaiting the tragedy of sarah fear you know like i'm just waiting for it to for the drop that's all can can we talk about the konami code yeah, Konami Code came back in big came way. Back, came back, <laughs> felt the same. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I thought it was sweet, but totally, totally unnecessary. Make it a line, like a quote from a game or something like that. You know, like I, a it's co- dangerous I, to go alone. Take yeah, this right, kind of thing. right, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, give me like a quote because like the code is just like. It felt pandering. It just felt pandering. It's, it's that's, that's all it is. It's like being like, hey, we know what the code, the Konami code is. I think it had to be the Konami code because Netflix does the Castlevania anime, so they might oh, have to do we it. think it was an easier deal. Yeah, it was an easier deal with Konami. Like, here's, here's here, Kevin, make up a line, make up a line from a movie, a video game, make mm. up a make up a video game called, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, hamburger time. And then hire me to make that fake video game and put it out into the world. I would do that. Kevin, yeah, that would be great. I'll make Chad. a fake video game for your horror movie if it, if you want. Chad, I, I have to say this because I think it's funny. Did you just say hamburger time as your made up video game? Because burger, yeah, ti- very... burger time is a real game. <laughs> I know, it wasn't and very original. And it's an incredible <laughs> game. I actually love burger me time. Me too. I'm good. I'm, yeah. I love burger or, time. Or I think if they, like, did more uh, video game type stuff. Right, if it's not with, just the one. Yeah, like if they had him say like, uh, when you when you see enemies, you know you're going in the right direction. Yes, that's like, great. That's a great. That's a great one. That's a great. Oh, like, Kevin, that's so much better. Yeah, like oh, just it's scary, but you know you're doing the right thing. And then like have all these little like nerdy moments with him that are actual like <laughs> like nerd video game references. But you you risk making the character like totally unrelatable if no one knows what he's fucking talking about. But then end on the Konami code. Well, real quick, I do I do want to say the Konami code is like a, something you could put on a t shirt at Target and everyone would understand, right? Like, <laughs> sure, it's public right. domain, and that's what the that's what the reference has to be. It has to be sellable at Target because again, because these movies are made by a large corporation that wants tons of people to watch them, and like again, I get it. We're just having fun. They're a fun series. I, I'm again. I'm not saying these are bad movies. 
But I am. I'm not saying they're bad movies. I think they're good. I think they're. I think they're fine. Good movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was mad that he was like uh, the comic code gives you extra lives. Like, I think it does more than that. It does different things in every game that that you play. Yeah, it's yeah. different. So yeah. I think we're doing it. someone. This is a gross con- uh, summary. Of the I, I will say if if someone asked me is the Fear Street trilogy or is, is it a bunch of bad movies? I would I would say yeah. Like <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. I'm I'm not going to mince words on it. Like, I think the way Jen and I said it is basically that, which is like. I didn't. I'm not mad that I watched them, but I wouldn't be like, go watch these. You know, like I. There's just so many more movies that are worth more your time. More. I'd say if you're gonna watch all of them in like a binge, like okay, if you're if you have the flu or uh, <laughs> it's uh, you have six hours that you desperately need to kill, mm-hmm. like could be worth it. Just don't space them out so you so you think about them and, and talk about like them on you, your podcast. Like we have for the last month and a half. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think this was a really bad way to engage with this property. <laughs> is mm-hmm. think, one, thinking about it critically, not a great way to engage with this property. And two, by spacing it out so you have lots of time to consider what to say right, about it. Right, Because you'll, you'll have things burning in your brain like why the fuck did they play you gotta keep them separated right like <laughs> and that's a dude and like that's just like that's a popular song from that time and like it kind of works but it doesn't you know and it's super on the nose for the current situation right like it's like, like it like works because it's like yes i get it like literally what you're doing with these with these creatures there's also there's also music things that at least one of them i could think of that made more sense after another movie but that's like i think in 17 1978 there's at least one point where they play man who sold the world by nirvana they did nirvana mm. at the beginning and they did the boy at the end and which i thought was a nice like, thing I, which is nice, but I think at the time it didn't make any sense. And I'm like, oh, I guess if they were talking about Nick Good in that moment, yes. like it's kind of a in a retrospect. But at the time, I think maybe in that last episode, I was like, yeah, this was kind of like a random 90s drop. Like it didn't. It felt didn't like hit. when you're making a mixtape and you're not really concerned about what the word, what the word <laughs> song actually means. You only care about one line from the song. And you're like, this is the line that I want you to listen to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what would make me recommend this movie trilogy? What's that? If fucking Bat Boy got to do any goddamn thing. Like, he's so close to doing he something. He almost gets a kill. He almost gets another kill. In in all of these movies, he shows up to be like, I'm going to get you. I'm <laughs> going to get you. He flicks the bat in 78. And in this one, he's like like the Warriors. He's just yes. pounding a get, yes. like, we're coming. But he doesn't get to do a goddamn thing. Right. If this I movie had less boy. money, if it had a, just a little less money, I guarantee you they would have done something with Bat Boy. Right. But they have enough money that they can just present the idea of Bat Boy and be like, maybe we'll get around to Bat Boy. Remember how, remember how good in Cabin in the Woods it was? I, I really love Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods, where you're like, there's no way they're going to do this full act three, right? And then they do. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see every fucking monster going shit house. Uh-huh. Right? On everyone, you're like, oh, there's a flying dragon bad. That's a killer robot, and yep. and it's so satisfying. This one was like, well, what if there was like four different guys with knives? Right, like, four- it just kind of it was kind of just a different thing. It's like I don't know, throw something else out there. It feels like a like I, this movie did have a lot of money. I think they spent a lot of the money on music. Um, but I think, mm-hmm. I, and I think there was a lot of there was and and like sets and stuff like that. It's you know had a decent budget and stuff like that, but it. I think there is a limitation of budget where it's like, well, we don't have a lot of CG. So like we can get four stunt actors to throw each other around for a little bit. And then that'll be like <laughs> a good action sequence. That's cheap to do. You know, the, 
the monster on monster scene reminded me of like being drunk and setting up a bunch of CPU opponents and yes. Super Smash Brothers <laughs> and just watching them fight. It was like playing WCW versus NWO for CPUs and you just put it on, you watch them wrestle but, each other. But this, <laughs> it totally was. It also like in a weird way, the fact that I remember I was so bummed with the Goosebumps films. I'm like, you're setting up all these Goosebumps monsters. They're all coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's really just like the werewolf and the abominable snowman and these other ones. At least that was like different genres. Right. I don't know. It'll be nice. <laughs> Ruby Lane is the only one with some slight theming to her, right. and that she sings a and song. Bat Boy. And <laughs> like, Bat Boy's got a, a nice theme. Bat Boy, but Bat Boy just is there off to the side. He's like a little, uh, he's like a little P Diddy, just hyping people up. That's all he's doing. <laughs> all he's doing. He doesn't actually have a verse on the track. He's there. Uh, he runs Bad Boy Records, but he isn't Bad Boy Records. <laughs> he runs. He runs Bat Boy. Bat Records. Boy Records. <laughs> Chad, if. If and when we reboot uh, the Goosebuds RPG, I might include some sort of bat-themed boy. Kevin, if you do, I'm going to lose my shit and I'll do everything in that game to fight Bat Boy or befriend him. Didn't, like, Dom, <laughs> didn't Dom hit Dad in the head with a bat? Uh, I think he might have. I remember I punched Dad in the stomach at some That's point. That's right, you punched him in the stomach too hard, knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> Is Dom... Bat Boy is in Dom- the <gasps> of Goosebuds RPG? Is Dom the Bat Boy? <laughs> we need more fanfic. We do. Please write fanfic for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, to get back to the movie. I, oh, okay. I, I was a little... Oh. <laughs> I was a little... I was a little aggrieved by the Konami code as well. I thought that part... Yeah. I thought that part undercut... Like, I don't know. It just felt... It was supposed to be a sweet moment, and it, like, kind of... I don't know. Maybe it kind of hit, but, like, it felt really forced. And, like, it... Maybe it could have been in the same movie. If it hadn't been the third part of the first movie's thing, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have hit better. Right, right. I I think, Kevin, the seeing more enemies, like, that's the line right there. Just, you know, when you're writing a script... Sometimes you got to reach out to a professional in the realm that you're talking in. I feel like you could have, I don't know, but I, it wouldn't work because that's too, it's too deep of a cut. It's too deep of a cut. You need to, it, yeah. has, it has to be, uh, I see dead people on the black t-shirt. I- with white <laughs> it has to be that yeah. so that people, everyone yeah. gets it. Yeah. I see, I'm, I'm sorry. I see, I see dumb people is what I meant. <laughs> I see dumb people on the shirt. Can I, can I talk about the monster of all monster references? Which, <laughs> which almost made me just throw my 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 keyboard. Which was uh, the very very end of the movie. Thomas, uh, t- Josh, Josh. Thomas was his name in sixteen sixty six. I think Josh Konami Code Kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is he's got a broken arm. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think it was also por- worth pointing out that the shot where he broke his arm, uh, Ruby Lane definitely just broke his neck and he went, ow, my arm. Dude, (laughs) I I was like, whoa, she just broke his neck. And then he screams that for all of us so that we clearly know what happened. (laughs) That's the the ADR thing you put in a kid's show. You go like, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) But so he's got a cast and he's back at school. And the best character of this whole trilogy, which you haven't talked about is uh, the janitor, uh, custodial janitor, uh, wrongfully arrested black man. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh is is selling is selling gear out of the back of his car at the school parking lot. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, oh shit, this is like a radio or something. Mm-hmm. It's an MP3 player. It's an MP3 player. Was it yeah. yeah. an MP3 yes, player? I couldn't even recognize it, it. It's supposed to be an MP3 player. Uh, I thought they were going to show a Zune or something at first. Okay, but it was like a big deck. Yeah. And and a uh, small, nerdy girl comes over and goes like, you should get a solid state drive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. signs his cast, queen of 
Aaron Darkness, implying that she was the girl from the chat room that Josh was talking to. Yep. yep. And I guess it's supposed to be like a meet cute, but but more like I know they technically existed because I looked it up. I don't think kids knew about solid state drives in 1996. No. Well, okay. They did exist. I did look that up. But and, and I looked it up too. It, I, I wanted to, I wanted to call them on. And it did exist. In a movie What's, in a movie that plays with anachronisms constantly, right? What's hilarious to me is that um if this is for a teenage audience, and I'm not saying it is, <laughs> mm-hmm. they won't get the whole line about how it doesn't skip, even though that's explained when he's critiquing the disc man. He's like, if you move, it skips. Right. Like, yeah. th- like when the iPod launched children, there were, uh, <laughs> there, there was a very successful campaign of commercials featuring yeah. white silhouetted people dancing on colored, uh, on, on like brightly colored backgrounds. Yes. And that was meant to show that you could dance with the MP3 player. Yep. Uh, and it wouldn't skip. Mm-hmm. And that was a, very success like that was an incredibly successful marketing campaign it was mind-blowing at the the time it was the it was the dairy queen blizzard of (laughs) turning your blizzard upside down and going see yeah doesn't fall out does your ice cream do this yeah i had i had friends who would when they got their first ipod they would shake it in front of me to show yeah like Mm -hmm. look at this magical technology that your walkman won't skip anymore if you rode (laughs) the bus listening to a cd player a mp3 player was a magical moment for you Oh, yeah. Because the wheels on the bus go up and down, and they may make your CD long skip. <laughs> I didn't have an MP3 player until, like, 2009. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. I, I got lucky. I don't even know how I got one, but I had one in in my in high school. Yeah. I had some, like, third-party one that no yes. other kid thought was cool. It was like a Rio. Had, like, I had, like, a Rio or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, it didn't have a wheel because the wheel was, was uh, trademarked. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a little toggle thing. Yep. And I loved it dearly. Me, too. Me fucking do. Yeah, I, I, I thought... I was fine with that scene, you know, like, I, and here's what, the, what I that's. I hated it. No, it made I, me I mad, it. Paul. It made me mad. I'm I upset. It. It was, it <laughs> here's why bad. I'm fine with it, because I, I know what they're doing. They're closing the loop, because he falls in love with that girl, and you don't want him ending heartbroken. He falls in love sure. with, with Cakehead, because um, if we're going to be flip about her dying, I'm just going to call her Cakehead from now on. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 I don't. Kate, you're right. Josh had a crush on Kate, and he and he loved her, and she got her. She went through the cake machine. But the, the amount of people who have messed, who have argued with us over, it's not a cake cutter, it's a bread cutter. Y'all, cake is bread. <laughs> it's sweet bread. It's just a sweet bread, guys. It's sweet bread. It, it is. I think they used it for both. Uh, remember when? People thought we were going to apologize for how we felt about this movie trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple of things where I like, as the Nick Good reveal, I was like, oh, okay, I guess that kind of makes that other thing make more sense in the second one. All right. I hope that everyone that thought we still, were going to apologize. Still didn't enjoy it. I hope that everyone thought that we were going to apologize, goes back and listens to the first episode where I called what's going to happen because these <laughs> movies were incredibly predictable. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would be, if they end up doing more, what I would hope would be actually more isolated stories, almost like the books. Um, I mean, we've the few fears we've read, and again, both these trilogies makes me want to reread through some of more of the Fear Street, just to be like, yeah, I don't think this is the tone of the books from what we've no, read. I don't no. think cheerleaders is the same type of vibe as like this this story. I'd be curious to be more like, just tell me just one spooky story that happened on Fear Street. I don't need to know like I don't even know how it ties into the metaverse. Just tell me one spooky story. I would watch it for this sh- this show that we do and record and talk about together. I would do that. I wouldn't shirk my duties. But I think I'm more interested in what this director does next. Uh, yes. When, mm-hmm. 
when uh she isn't super compromised by money and um expectations right yeah yeah i, w- I want to look up her first her first movie more now too because i i think it's like aliens or something y'all like i think <laughs> I, the honeymoon one i'm um interested to check it out more based on how there was some like slickness not in a bad way to her her shots like there mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't I wasn't feeling like an a master like Ari Aster of suspense sort of thing. That's what I like, wonder. Like, yeah, I feel like the prestige horrors that are coming out now have this slow, steady confidence of dread that they build up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like the Ari Asters and the Robert Eggers. I know they're the hot names right now, and maybe we're caught up in the moment, in the you know the taste of the moment, right? Um, and that's just like the thing that that feels right because that's like in vogue. But I think that that's what I was saying about 1666 especially is it felt like there was a lot that wanted to be said there, Mm -hmm. but it felt like they were afraid to rely just on what was trying to be said and tried to make it flashy too. You know what I mean? I think confidence is, is the right word. Definitely. Because these movies, like, like I said, with like the gore porn stuff, like, that doesn't say confidence to me. That's bluster. Like mm-hmm. that's like that's like trying to look like a like a big kid. That's yeah. how, that's walking away from your mom, walking ten feet from your mom. Where everyone <laughs> yeah. obviously knows it's your mom that you're with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. That's keeping ten feet distance from your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hold your mom's hand and love yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not? Here's here here's my pitch for like if a new story for, for this Fear Street trilogy. I think I saw someone on the internet suggest okay. like this is a hook. Okay. The, it has to be a trilogy. No, it doesn't have to be a trilogy. Hopefully, it's just a new new movie. Maybe they do TV show. Maybe they're like, "Hey, we're having a hard time making Stranger Things because the kids are all thirty five at this point." How about a ten minute short? What happened to How those? About a ten minute short? Yeah, <laughs> do like a, do like a short trek, like Star Trek does sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but if you had to do anything that is a master arc, mm-hmm. because we saw the the Seraphir Book of the Devil just laying there in the evidence. So the that's, evidence, not the Sarah, that's not Seraphir's book in a sense. No, right? it's, it's the yeah. original Devil book, the Widow's book. Uh, just knew some and and Solomon's book of the damned. Mm-hmm. You see, we see some quick hands grab it and and, and take him away. Right. Like. Well, that also makes sense, but also like, you know, I should have probably should have that book. That was probably a big deal. Quick, um, nondescript, but very white hands. Yeah. Yes, I think, a, I think they they were trying to not show whoever it would be, so they could figure it out later. Yeah. I would love if it was the Queen of Air and Darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. then you have a like nerdy horror fan girl dabbling in dark magic and getting into things that she shouldn't you could do it you could do it in like a more scream style where like it's a self-aware like yeah like the self-aware killers right like the killers that have studied every horror movie so they know the tropes and they're using the tropes against you you know yeah that would be that would be where i would hope they would go for for more story I feel like this is getting very close into Death Note territory. Uh-huh. Like, like by the end, it's basically Death Note. Yeah, like when we understand the book. Is it like, so? Like, what happened? Like, I just want to unpack real quick the like what yeah what actually happened. So Solomon Good was <laughs> okay. was he was sacrificing a person at his discretion to become yeah. a murderer yeah. and kill people, and that allowed him to keep the pact with the devil. So. Like okay, so the devil wants a soul. All he needs is a name, right? I guess. And good chance the names of all the cool devils, like 
Beelzebub yeah. uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> he just Pazuzu. says all the names of the devil and that opened the door. <laughs> That's all you gotta do. Yeah, you just gotta know. You just gotta know. Like names are the important thing. So you say all the Beetle devil juice. names, mm-hmm. and then you say the name of the soul that you're offering up, and you just need to say their name, and then your town gets prosperity, or you get what you want, or something like that. Right? Like, why were other people benefiting from? I that seemed like. They didn't explain why other people were benefiting from it other than him. Like why, like obviously he created his town and people lived there. And then the people that live, the, I don't know, the people that get hit by the car at the end of the movie get punished for whatever reason. I get like, I'm if we're, if we're, there's an analogy, it's that there's a, uh, a privilege that these people have that they didn't know they had, but they were living within that privilege. That's the assumption that I, that I'm, that's like. That's the analog I see, you know? You don't have to participate in colonialism as a white person to to benefit. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, and that's what I assumed that that was supposed to be, obviously. I think that's what the analog is supposed to be. But, truly, like, why were these people benefiting from this? Like, what was... Was he, like, was he giving people this stuff? Like, why... I don't... Because because he wanted to feel like he was doing the right thing. It would be my answer to that. Okay, all right, that's fair. Like, the whole thing is he's selfish for... Uh, who he considers to be his people. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. so that would be my uh way of doing it. The way you, the way you stop someone like uh young sheriff good from stopping the whole cycle is to be like, well, look, some people benefit, and only a few people die. Like you, the way you keep it alive as like a meme is to be like, well, maybe this is a both sidesism. Uh huh. I I would say that's the reason why it benefits. Uh, it benefits the the town of Sunnyside is because it needs to perpetuate itself. Right. Sure. Not, not there's a there's a little bit of I guess just overall economic prosperity. Business just works better in Sunny's <laughs> Sunnyside, which mm-hmm. was Punk's way to buy. I get why they added in, but that of Dina and Sam are just walking out of the get out mansion. Yep. And <laughs> yep. they see just a regular <laughs> a rich white man who also they seem to notice the two girls leaving the mansion covered in blood and don't think anything of it. It looks like they see them. Mm-hmm. But he just gets in his car and is immediately hit by a, a truck. Yep. As if to Final Destination. Say like the luck, the luck is shifted yes. or something in yes. Sunny Day. Because I was confused at the end there when they stabbed Nick Good in the eye. I was like, okay, well they just committed murder now. So like, even even <laughs> if the the curse is lifted, the the murder is is still a murder. <laughs> they still stabbed. <laughs> There's still some cops that had to be accounted for. <laughs> it's not a murder if it's underground, guys. Okay. <laughs> but there's two dead cops in the mall. Yeah, but they have mystery stab wounds on them. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Because like all the killers who did kill those cops disappeared into dust, and I was like, "Retro, there goes your alibi." Uh, there goes your alibi. If I, had, <laughs> if I had to write a quick, I could love to cover it. You you show that the the good mayor who just really wasn't a factor in this trilogy. No, nope. uh, he uses his clout. To scramble and cover up his family's connection and put away the the cop connection to his brother or something. Right. I don't know. If anything, things end a little too cleanly in this. They do clean it up because they. Cause that, <laughs> what happens right is they that accident happens and they're like, uh, things have gone south in Sunny Town or whatever. Like, what was it? <laughs> things uh, are sunny not side, good. Sunny, side. sunny, yeah. sunny yeah. Side right. And then like and then the, the family stuff is unraveled and stuff like that. But I still don't know that that clears up the fact that he was stabbed in the eye and they don't know who stabbed him in the eye also 
uh, if the solution was just to kill him, which they did just by stabbing him in the eye. Yeah. Did we need the Rube Goldberg situation no. to, to get to that? Can't we just viciously hunt him down? <laughs> My note for it was the final act. I beg this for anyone listening to the podcast. If you ever caught in this terrible, you know, deadly situation where there's people after you and, and you're worried people aren't going to believe you or, you know, there's people are being framing you for, for evil satanic murders. Mm-hmm. Just like one, consider just going to the bad guy and killing him directly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Seemed like just a gun, which you guys have already stolen so far in the movie before. So you're not <laughs> against taking a cop's gun. Just killing Nick Good would have worked just fine. You know, or, and, and I, I, real quick, I get that that nitpick and I will, I will cop to this. Something that I always say, <laughs> it's like it's like saying, why didn't they fly the Eagles to to Mordor? I sure, get it. I get sure, it. Right. Doesn't work that way. Got it. I get it. Here's here. I'll, I'll even ignore. That was me just being very nitpicky. And I, just, I started it. And I and I again, I, I will cop to the fact, although I would say that Sauron had far superior air yeah, superiority. Uh, yeah. we're not, the Eagles have not made it very far. Uh, yeah, I yeah. also, yeah, I've never, I was like, yeah, there's a reason why the Eagles didn't go in there. He didn't, they did, it wasn't strategically viable. Also, okay? the Eagles don't uh, give a fucking shit about what's going on. <laughs> they're living their lives. They're like Sweden. They're neutral. Yeah. Also, also, okay. So if, um, <laughs> if orcs are like tortured and Sauronified uh, elves. Yep. Uh, uh-huh. And trolls are uh, based on Ents is, is what I learned recently. Mm-hmm. It stands to reason that the Fell Beasts, uh, uh-huh. Sauron's Air Force, are eagles that have been twisted by Sauron's torture. Hell yeah. Oh, I kind of always assumed that, yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. So, I think uh, that's fucking cool. I'm glad we covered that up. Here's here's why we actually <laughs> really want to beg. Uh, back listeners. to this movie again? <laughs> back to this movie. No. <laughs> Is if you're ever stuck in a situation like Dina and Josh and, and Ziggy Berman near the end, and... And cool janitor dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like write a Rorschach's journal and send it to a publication. Just right, like right. The, at the very least, before you go into your big convoluted plan, at least put a manifesto in a mailbox that's going to go to some press. So in case you don't make it, yes, someone knows. There was there was one moment in the mall where I realized like they spray painted like Nick Good is evil. Uh huh. I was like. If this all else fails, maybe one lucky journalist will see that and follow the breadcrumb truth. Like, don't put all your chips on just you all making this plan work tonight. Right. Just cover your bases a little bit. A oh, little here bit. we go. The writer saying that the solution is writing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Write a book about it, huh? <laughs> Write a Rorschach's journal. It's fun. <laughs> He's right, though. You got to have your dead. You got to have. What is it? Dead man's. Dead man switch. That's what it is. Yes. Dead man switch. Speaking of dead dogs, uh, that poor dog in the well. <laughs> oh, the dog, the dog. You mean, you, you mean the like the the stuffed animal dog? Yeah, in the the man- <laughs> when they pull that dog out, you definitely see it's just like a mannequin of a. It had hair. a name though, and it made me sad. Still, it made me, like, it still made me sad. Chappy boy or something. The Mary, boy. <laughs> Mary boy, Mary boy, Mary boy, and I love Mary. He's a happy boy. Then Mary boy. I thought they yeah. were gonna kill uh, Jillian Jacobs' dog. And I'm, oh, I'm surprised. God. Oh, I'm, I'm surprised Tom. I'm so glad Major Major Tom, Tom made it. Uh, why? Why are you all in this town listening to a man named Mad Thomas? <laughs> He's a man. He's a man, and he goes to church. Yep. 
<laughs> I, I, can I say something I did like? I loved the eye gouging scene. I thought that was creepy. I yeah. thought if they could have kept that level of horror going through all of 1666, would have really loved it. But which, sure. when she walks in, the pile of eyes on the ground, very creepy. Yeah. The uh, the pastor without his eyes talking, and you know, and then the reveal of all the people with their eyes gouged out. Great scene. Great scene. Great. Excellent. I love that. Yeah. I, I love uh, I love the creepy Bloodborne vibes from yes. that. Yes. Like. <laughs> there was a lot. There were yeah. plenty of very good scenes throughout this. There was really, there were moments, and I think what was really disappointing was there were moments that really were working, and then I felt like the movie changed the tone or shifted to something different, and then it lost what it was doing. You know, there was like a thread that it kept picking up every now and then and being like, is this a good one? And you'd be like, yes, it's a good one. Keep going with that. And then they'd be like, oh, but I got these other five. Let's look at these real quick. And you're like, no, go back to that one thread. Go back to the creepy Bloodborne thread. <laughs> look, I think what I'll, I'll say about this, I think I don't think these are bad movies. I know Kevin does. Uh, <laughs> Kevin does. I don't think these are bad movies. I think these are good movies. I think there's a ter- totally valid reason to like these movies as a fun popcorn film. Uh, I just think... What I see in them is the potential because I feel like there is a lot of talent that was involved in this. I really, really do. I just don't think the talent was giving the, given the chance to do what the talent could do best. I feel like it was hampered by a lot of hands is the vibe that I was getting from it. That's all. I hope this director gets to make another movie. They will. For yeah, sure. for sure. Oh, this yeah. has been a hit. I think. I think they're doing all right. If if that's all this movie had to do, I guess fine. It'll be forgotten in a month. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's coming back to this. Like they come back to Stranger Things or whatever. But I could I could be wrong. Uh, I overall I didn't really enjoy watching the majority of the six hours mm-hmm. <laughs> of of this trilogy. Uh, but I think there is something good underneath uh, that could have been made again if they had less money. Yeah, you know, I I think that's very. Fa- here's here's my final thought. This kid should have smoked that red red moss. I would love <laughs> see to see some some red weed smoking. There was just some multiple times they kept playing with the red moss. They're even putting it effectually in people's hair. And this one, I'm like, just fucking roll it up and smoke see it. See what it's happens. Get you some. Get you fucking spooky high. <laughs> See what happens with the red moth. I want to know. <laughs> Rolled up in a blunt, place of 311, because that you, was probably in the 94. You ate those berries. I mean, you were all about <laughs> I, eating those berries. I like, I like to imagine frontier Puritan Chad just like smoking literally everything he can find <laughs> just to see if it'll do anything. It's from God's country. It's okay. Simon, yeah. Simon picks up those perfectly la- laid out couple pieces of horse poop, and you're like, Simon? Hold on. Simon, we can smoke that. <laughs> we can smoke that. Let's find out. Let's try. <laughs> and thus we end our review of Fear Street Trilogy talking about smoking horse poop. Uh, this has been a fascinating experiment. Thank you all for watching this with us. We, we should probably get into a book on the next one. I'm in, I'm looking forward to going back to the written word. I'm glad that we took this diversion. It was interesting because it just so happened, you know, this series kind of came out of nowhere in the past year. Nobody really knew what was happening and it happened. It felt right. It felt like I felt like it was a good experiment. Maybe we stepped out of our 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 comfort zone and our wheelhouse a little bit to review some some new movies, but I think it was worth the diversion. If you want to support this this little this little show uh and help keep the lights on, 
get access to bonus episodes we put out every month, our very cool Discord, and even get to vote on what books we're reading next. You can go to patreon.com slash goosebuds. Uh, it is very, very appreciative of all the love and support you all give us our show. Um, also, if you want to, you know, support the show in a way where you put things on your body, we got new stuff on the on the merch store. Woo! Uh, it is live and official. The great uh, Kayla Klein has designed us some Goosebud wrestler shirts. Uh, I believe Paul is a moon is Moon Baron persona. I am a Moon Baron. Yes. Kevin is a uh, dwarf. I'm a dwarf. Wrestling dwarf. Wrestling dwarf. And I'm a uh, podcast pirate slash mermaid hunter. That's kind of my persona vibe. And it is. You want to flex your muscles and also flex off your cool sense sense of uh, style. Shoot your way over to Goosebuds.store. Yeah, I think that's been an episode, y'all. Yeah. We episoded. Um, I found some of this red moss. Y'all want to go try smoking it real quick? Oh, uh, yeah, yep. dude. Yeah. <laughs> Suppositories. Goosebuds is brought to you by the beautiful Patreons that we are about to list off from the Book of Names, and you too can join them. The Book of Names. Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. Hollis Hornbeek. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. David Cron. Josh Robertson. Vicky C. Nathan Dolzal. Clayton C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Alecade. Mel Dipson. Jim Greaves. Zankeith. Afsheen. Danky McStanky. Aaron T. Strunk. Dango Twist. Brian Wells. Z to the E to the N to the Curticles. <laughs> we'll keep it. It's great. It's beautiful. Stealth Bates. Joseph Miranda. Patrick Reynolds. Scott Colopy. Robert Moon. Low Belly Hate Me. Jason Crooker. John Keaty. Clay Castle. <laughs> We're doing the- we're doing the... It's so easy to go into the Don Pardo. <laughs> Miguel Pardo. Christina, Christina Doling. Wait. No, that was mine. Christina Doling. Third Sergio? <laughs> and calf. Matthew Moore Paranoia Shop. Matthew, I appreciate it, but it's not going to happen. They demand more. <laughs> Sniggy. Re? Infected? Maddie. Ishak Arafin. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Sam Hash. Cody Redfield. Rich Hillborn. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Cardboard Walk. Levi Than. I just got that. I just got it was Boardwalk and Cardboard combined. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Up and champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grafe. Trent Davis. Moloyster. Carl. Hey, Paul, pause for a second. I gotta get something off my chest. I think I love broccoli. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Jonas Blotterman. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Joe. Brooks. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskiver. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hobgood. Slum Lord Onion. Paul Grasso. Trans rights, baby. Zach Connor. Taylor Dierks. Joe, I'm not tired. I always look like this. Scott. Feel that. Mm. Patreon underscore donator. Comma yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Ooh. 
Trendy Moron. Tom Whittem. Kevin Hamilton. Nope, I'm not going to read the funny name attempt from Andrew Jadzak this time. Not going to do it. Kevin, I wish you wouldn't treat Andrew like that. Lord Cornwallis. Vincent Modica. Luke Canoodles. Elizabeth Steenweg. Cardamom Birkenbino. Murphy P. Hugh Bolin. Zam Bambino. Kevin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Aww. Goon Cahoots. SNES Chalmers. Sean Minogue. Wormtown Glenn. Wiggle it! <laughs> Nathan Remick. Divaldi. John Pigeon Hat Barber. Matt McClellan. Chip Handsome. Stinklitch. Reed Steubendike. There you go. Joey Evans. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Nailed it. Carewise Gamgee. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Chili Dish Gambino. Uncle Cool Brother. Mmm. <laughs> Cameron Hansen. Brett. Chad, did you almost say audio after that one? Because I thought it. Generally depressing. <laughs> Always. Etonomore. Adam Goofed. Juan Jalapena. Yeah, yeah. Ben Bohan. Muscles Bear. Keith Halcrow. Chris. Haunted Pajama Boner Nelson. Timothy Misodoulakis. Clay McCarty. Dan. Chris Pittman is a bone wizard. Boss Gerritsen. Matthew Stevens. Hey, Eric, it's going to be all right. You're doing a great job. Parker Lee. When dragons rule. Hambo. Make your Peloton instructor a skeleton instructor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like like nice. Uh, Jonas and Evoldson. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. Raymond Hernandez. Flamley. The Crow Fens. Well, 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 Matthew Sutton. <laughs> Nick Johnson. I want to know what the history Patrick is Patrick Murphy. <laughs> Not audio, just Patrick Murphy the person. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Owen Cahey. Stephen Day. Lee Wood. Kelsey Kinnaman, you know what you did. <laughs> Russell Kasberg knows too. Javier Jimenez, you're perfect. You've done nothing wrong. Never. Never once. <laughs> Not like Brendan Arafin over here. I'm kidding. We're cool. We put that behind us. <laughs> Liam Neeson's Dell, pretty cool. Chris Putricus. Scotty Pippen never has did done anything wrong. Kevin, I'm jumping in on you because Scotty Pippen has done no wrong ever. Okay. His thank family you. went through so much. I love him. I, I love don't, him. I don't know. I, I don't know anything don't about Scotty Pippen. You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my heart can bear. No. It. <laughs> no. Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Streak. Meet Virginia. Megan McCormick Mason. Dun- mm, uh, mm. Mm. Dungeon Kappa. Ninja Breadman. Hood Lemon. MC Hamster. Zach Ware. Tamid Munir. Got Little Old Moi. Pretty Freaked. Alan G. Jessam. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Julian Lamendia. Dr. Chocula. Brendan Neal. Jimmy So. Andre Villanueva. Peanutburg Level 69? Moon Juice? Kelly the Barbarian. Estamena, Lord of Paul's Pants. Adam Morocco. The Davy Boy. Kennyum. Dr. Diarrhea. Robert Allen Cook the Third, Kieran McNamara, Diet Soda, Quigley Jones, Skellafella, Mike Spaghetti Jones, Jackie Ledoux, love that name. Ooh, here's a good one too. Coleman Laguza, Lamb, Redemption, 
Levi Kidder. I just realized that Reed Redemption is the name Reed inside of Redemption. I just realized that. We have some very clever patrons. We do. Like David Gray. Chris. Ools. <laughs> Bryce Diori. Matthew Brattato. Oh, I, I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. <laughs> 69 Polly Shore 311. Lord Sepulchrave. Carb Sun. Luke Humanzi Allen. Wagmar Wigmer. Dakota Kemp. Some of Chad's bird friends. Squawk. <laughs> Nicholas Maloney. Midwest Indigo 13. The Secret Provider. Eric Horwitz. Kyle Robinson. Tiffany Lee. Kiwi of Love. Bjorn Deer. <laughs> That is definitely Beyonder and not BJ Iron Deer, like I thought it was. <laughs> no, it's Beyond Deer. Serial Killer X. Thomas Jensis. And welcome to some new patrons. Quite a few of you. Yeah. Uh, looks like uh, looks like Goosebuds isn't eating off paper plates anymore. We got <laughs> Lucretia. <laughs> yep, Lucretia MacEvil. Elm Realm. Glaceon the Lich. Welcome, Mutant Astronaut. I know this person, David Spivsy Spivey. How about welcome, Gakenti? What about Michael? Or Soggy Newspapers. I love our new patron, Alec Johnson. I love Henry Torbert. <laughs> Hannah Jaeger Bush. Sounds like a great person having a party. You get some Jaeger, you get some Bush, you have a good time. <laughs> pour him, yeah. pour him into pour him down at the same time. Nothing bad happens. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. Welcome. And welcome, Joe Melnick. Thank you all so very, very much, everybody. You're all trapped in here with us. And New Zealand. <laughs> and New Zealand. He's throwing fishes nonstop. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The fish is flying everywhere! <laughs> oh, God, Guy Smiley just showed up. Get the fuck out! Let's go! Get, Get the fuck out! We gotta go! <laughs> Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.